0: This week on the Push podcast, we have our special guests, Kevin Carr and Dan McGinn. Alright, three, two, one... Bunkercast 14 Then, hey guys welcome to the push pull eggs podcast
1: with myself Damik
0: and Mini Tom Hall what's going on bud
1: I'm good mate you dragged my ass in on a Friday evening to I do a podcast Friday it better evening, be good bro. It better um, be good, mate.
0: That's what I'm saying. This is, uh, I text Dan and saying, you need to block out 8 p.m. on a Friday night. And he was. I was like, is that all right? It might be a bit wild. Um, he was like, it's definitely wilder than what I was going to be doing anyway with your four-year-old. <laughs> four-year-old. They've got four-year-old, so yeah. Um, we have so, uh, Mr. Kevin Carr and Dan McGinley from uh, Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning on the show. What's going on, boys? Thank you for having us. Thanks, Happy sure. to be here. Yeah, I mean, joining us all the way from the States, um, it's three o'clock where you guys are-ish, 3.20 yeah, 3 now, sorry, yeah. I've been rambling for 20 minutes, um, but yeah, um, how, <laughs> how are you guys? What's going on?
2: Not bad, you know, just, uh, you know, as we were saying before, just trying to maintain some sanity, keep some normal routines, but uh, probably getting a little antsy in quarantine like everybody else here.
3: Yeah, just wait, waiting for some good news from <laughs> the head
0: yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I think, I feel like we might be in, I don't know, it seems like the UK and the US are in a similar boat in terms of what's been going on um, and how it's been delivered and how it's been done by our governments. I think a lot of other countries seem to be doing maybe a little bit better than us, but we seem to be in the same boat as Spain, Italy, UK, US. You look at the kind of all the graphs that are going through, um, but it seems to be, yeah, a bit crazy and especially crazy PT wise now. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And, well, what's interesting here in America, too, the way it works with the governments is it's state by state. So some states have already reopened. So, like, for instance, like Florida, uh, the states in the south, pretty much, Tennessee, Georgia, they've actually reopened, like, some restaurants, reopened gyms, whereas, like, California has already gone and said they won't be reopening until, like, September, like you were just saying about – the uk so it's 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 interesting because we almost have many experiments going on looking at what's happening in some of these other states and then we can almost anticipate and make decisions uh locally with our government about what we're gonna do you know
0: yeah i mean i think it's i think most of the guys that are already like locking down right now are probably still more mm. sane it seems like yeah letting people out and going to restaurants seems mental to me right now yeah um, <laughs> it, over here it's just like awful i know dan's probably in the most sparse place over in bath in england and uh yeah is it all right over there mate
1: yeah it's it's all right like people tended to you know do what they're told and stuff i think that's the difference i think the countries that handled it well they just tend to have a population that just tends to do what they're told (laughs) i feel like over here it's like we've been we haven't really been given any i suppose we got kind of locked down but it wasn't actually lockdown so it was kind of like people were bending the rules and doing what they wanted and i feel like com- countries like was it new zealand we talked about literally locked down the day that they ever heard of the
0: coronavirus and then yeah that's like because basically fine they've got a woman prime minister and she was like fuck this nobody's leaving their home for three weeks and <laughs> like, before it even gets in and they're yeah. like all right yeah you're a sharp decision maker not i'm in an iron but like oh what about money economy It's like nah, no nothing, nothing's happening yeah well it's, it's hard know.
1: like like we said last year though it's so hard like it's whatever you say you're never gonna please everyone and yeah you know, it was it's just impossible to know all these know. other countries that seem to have done well the economies in them are so small are so much smaller it's like well how do you how do you predict
0: the the impact Ooh. you know what was what was lockdown for you guys what what could you do and what 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 are you allowed to do what can't you can't do
2: um, pretty much everything is closed obviously except for grocery stores um, anything that is like essential for people to survive is open. So grocery stores, primarily, I think some hardware stores, hospitals, things like that. But other than that, they don't want people outside. Um, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to, everyone has to have a mask. You can't be outside without a mask. Um, okay. and you know, obviously some people ignore that, but, uh, the overwhelming majority, if you're outside and it's pretty sparse, like if you, if I were to drive to the office, like normally I'd be sitting in traffic for a little bit, there's not a single, there's pretty empty out there. But I think as the weather has started to get a lot nicer, you're seeing more and more people uh, be outside because um, I think they like, especially at this point being, you know, a couple months in, people are starting to get
3: uh, a little fidgety. So as yeah. the sun comes out, so do they. Yeah. Fatigue is definitely setting in. I've been noticing a lot more people just walking the dog around the neighborhood. You see people having barbecues and things like that. D- this is just within the last probably week or so. So uh, it's just getting nice here. So it's, it's going to be tough to, to keep up, but, We'll see what happens. Yeah, we
0: seem we seem to have the most relaxed lockdown out of everywhere. Um, it seems like it was like yeah, you can you can still go out to the shop once a day. You can still take your exercise once a day. You can still like essential workers can obviously still go to work. What else could we do? There was like four things that we were allowed to leave our house for, and it was like all right, well that's crazy. I I, I could quite easily not leave my house for those four things each day, but and it was it was a good point of a lot of people because we got told we can exercise for an hour once a day. We were like. All right, all these people who had never exercised in their lives um, just decided to (laughs) set out, and you go like jogging, kind of waddling around the park, and you're like, "You don't normally run, do you?" And you're like, kind of just there, which is fair play to them. But I was like, if you can get told you could do this, I don't think you'd be doing it. Um, It's yeah. quite walking
1: walking around Bath in the parks. You saw some horrific lunges and some horrible squats. You're like, oh god, you can
3: tell you don't move normally. Like, you know. yeah, we um, never had at least in Massachusetts. We never had like a uh, stay inside order, right, Kev? I mean, we we no, could could always go outside. Yeah, it's it's it was shelter in place is what they called it. So okay. they they essentially
2: said don't go out unless you're going to one of these essential businesses, right? And that yeah, you, if you have a dog, you can walk your dog, things yeah. of that nature. But it's just been less and less uh, adhered to, I think, as the weeks go by. And, 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 you know, I think people, it's the same thing where they pretty much say, hurry up and wait. Like they, they say, we're going to make an announcement. Then they make an announcement and they're like, ah, we're going to do this for another week. And they'll just keep doing that. So that, I think that anticipation kills people psychologically more than anything.
0: Yeah. I don't know where it got a for over to the States about uh, Boris's last uh, thing on Sunday night when it was like a bank holiday weekend. Um, and then uh, we were all kind of waiting for anticipation. We've been like six weeks in a lock- complete, complete lockdown. I use air quotes there. Um, and he was going to release more. And Dan got quite upset about people not understanding, but nobody understand what he said. It was just like, you can go to work, but you might not even be able to go to work. If you can go to work, but try not go to work if you can go to work, but don't. And we we're like, what? <laughs> 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 it was like, basically okay. common sense advice, and the whole
1: yeah, British was public were like, sense. "What do we do?" And it's like they just need to be told, and you're just like, "Oh God, like, <laughs> it's just painful. It's really painful." But yeah. I think I think the reason over here they kind of relaxed and ended it's because, like uh, like Dan said, people were just doing it anyway. So it was like, actually, do you know what? There's if we try and make this any stricter, people are just going to revolt from it anyway. So it was it was almost inevitable. And basically, the guy said on sunday night he was like yeah as of wednesday you can do this and i was just like well they're
0: gonna do it tomorrow aren't they like yeah, why have you bothered know. saying as of wednesday <laughs> <laughs> but that's the british public for you so yeah it's crazy and i this was my first day playing golf again i was so happy that the golf course opened um so we were they were open and tennis courts were open so i'm playing tennis tomorrow and yeah. i got up to play golf today so happy it was a bit of a yeah, I'm like, to try like, to play next week it's like, but it was so good. Like we got around in three hours. It was super. It was super quick. It's only two balls allowed. Um, it's only like it's just, and it's ten minute intervals, so you never kind of catch up with the group in front. We did by the 18th, but it's like it was, it was beautiful. And it's a beautiful day right now. It's awful. It's awful. It's awesome right now. Um, yes. All right. So we're gonna. We should probably talk into some more fitness based chat. I'm assuming this is what the podcast... Generally speaking, guys, we we tend to kind of veer off on tangents and not keep it very fitness-related, but we'll, tr- we'll try it for you guys-ish. <laughs> know, usually something else um, uh, this is what we're looking for. Um, so we're just going to see... So both you guys work at the facility that I visited in the winter? I was in November, yeah. right? November? Yeah. Sometime? It was cold. It was cold. Yeah, it was fucking cold. Um, we remember that. Um, Josh, like, freezing his nuts off the whole time. He's a bit soft. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, um, we stay in some strange neighborhood that we'd never heard of, and you guys had never really heard of, so um, mm. it was a bit strange. Um, <laughs> yeah, where did you guys stay? It was in Malden, I think. Molden? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, okay. it, we, we frequently visited the 7-Eleven, which seemed to have more like drug addicts outside it more than anything else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was decent. But you, you, talk to us about what you two do uh, at Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning, and what your kind of roles and what you're heading up. Yeah. I mean,
2: we both, uh, speaking for Dan and myself, like both see a pretty big variety of clientele. Um, at MBSC, we have like general population, like your mom, your dad coming in training before work, coming, coming in the evening after work. Uh, we have professional collegiate high school athletes, um, in the summertime when school's out, they'll be there all day long from, you know, 6am to 9pm. And so we'll do anything from group training to personal training. Um, so we, we could do one-on-one with like a 60 year old woman, one hour, and then a group training session with a bunch of college kids at another hour. And then a one-on-one with a professional athlete at another hour. Right. So, you know, it enables us to wear a lot of different hats, work with a lot of different populations over the course of, of a full day. So it's, it's a pretty, uh, dynamic, uh, population we get to see.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And you both got, and both of these guys taught me on my CFSC level one. So that's what elsewhere you came over to do that. Um, what's the story behind that as well? Because I know, Kevin, you've got a big role in that as well. And Dan's traveling around with you.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been a really um, a good addition to our overall business. So uh, a while back, and people have been asking Mike Boyle to put together a certification for years, and it wasn't ever something he was interested in for a couple of reasons. I think one, he had kind of established himself. He's getting older, and he didn't necessarily want to have to build a certification business. Uh, but also because the way we kind of look at certifications at MBSC is that we don't necessarily hire based on, hey, you have to have an NSCA or you have to have an ACE or you have to have ACSM. We don't really hire based on people's certs because everyone who works for us has to go through a three-month internship before we hire them. So we essentially certify them our own way. And so when, after a while, finally, we were like, all right, let's build the certification. So, you know, Kevin Larrabee, Brendan, Eric, myself, Kind of put our heads together with Mike and said we're going to build it, but it's going to be based on pretty much our CF our internship criteria to build CFFC. We want to be able to create coaches at least in a condensed time frame with the online material and with the one-on-one. Uh, I mean, with the uh, practical course it that you attended, uh, try to replicate some of those things that we teach in the internship process, and that's really it's it's grown beyond what we ever really expected it to be. Um, but it, it, it's, I think it's served as its purpose as to like what we set it out to be,
0: you know? I understand. Did either of you do interning?
3: Uh, we both did. Yeah, yeah we both did. Yep. Both yeah. yeah. Basically everyone, everyone we've, uh, we fired has has interned at some point. So Kevin was actually my, he was the intern coordinator at that, at that time that I was, uh, that I interned. So him and Brendan were my, my, um, my coordinators. They're, they're Brutal my dictators. Brutal <laughs> dictators. It's terrible, terrible experience. Uh, but yeah, well, what, yeah, I'll tell well, you, like the well, internship is well, tough. Well,
0: like, is it
2: like, tough it, it's, well, Yeah, I mean, you know yeah. what I tell people? It's a really good way to decide if you actually want to be a coach. Uh, because you know, obviously a lot of people get into fitness because they like fitness and they were into sports and they're into working out themselves. But it becomes very clear to you once you start coaching for 12, 14 hours a day and you're getting paid next to nothing as an intern. Uh, and, you know, especially in the summer, days are long. And uh, you realize it's not about you. Right. And uh, I think yeah, you know, we have people like Dan could tell you, we had people like within the first week drop out over yeah. the summer. And, yeah. uh, and and I always tell them, hey, that's fine. It's not yeah. just, it's just I'd rather you quit now than you torture yourself. And then we have some people who like really realize like, hey, this is really what I want to do. And so we end up kind of by the end of it you get the cream of the crop and then we usually need to hire one or two coaches and we're able to pull them right in from that internship process. And that's what we do with Dan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You cream of the crop, money then? I We
3: hired a couple of you out of that group, right? Uh, it was just, I think it was just me. I mean, John, John may have been on for a little while. John Carroll yep. was, on. For yeah, he yeah, was, um, yeah. yeah, we had, um, we had a pretty good crew. Problem over here. We don't have
1: that. We don't have that sort of process over I mean, here. Everyone gets sold like the, like you dream. said, You you're into fitness. You like training. Like and the amount of people who transition their careers and it's great to see when they get to like some of them thirty, thirty-five, especially in London. Um, and they are like, I love fitness. I hate my corporate job. I really want to do this. And I'm like, it's great. The enthusiasm is amazing. But just remember, you're not working out for two hours then going home. Like you're here. Because like, me, when me and Tom started, we used, we started looking at the same time in the gym. And we used to just – we knew that the day we got there, we were like, hang on, if we just stay here every hour of every day for the next three months, we're going to get full and we're going to learn shitloads and we're going to absorb everything. But, yeah, people come into it thinking, oh, I really enjoy fitness. I like fitness. It seems like a, a cool job. And I'm like, yeah, for the hour that you're here, it does. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> like, That is a fun hour. I agree with you. But actually – doing this for 14 hours straight is yeah. taxing and it takes its toll it's still great fun and whatever but yeah it's and then people go ah oh, like in london you charge 70 pounds an hour and it's like yeah but it's not like that's it it's not like that's all the work i do and and you know it's it's, it's fascinating over here people get sold the dream as you said yeah. and, and we don't have that sort of process they sort of go into it the job they quit their job they start it, and then a year in they go hang on a minute this is harder than it looks um, yeah. and they kind of leave that's kind of what happens
3: really over here yeah we've, we've yeah, done. Done. Several people that have left there, several older, you know, older people who have had successful careers in other industries and left and, and decided to come work for us. We have one right now. Jen Fuji was um, she an engineer, I think, Kev. No, she has a Ph.D. in
2: biochemistry, I believe. Yeah, yeah. super <laughs>
3: smart, um, you know, was was successful in another another career and she just, she was actually training there. She was one of our clients. And she just decided she wanted to, so she did the internship and now she, she works.
1: So. Yeah. It's great hey. when it works out as well. When the people, when they find that and they love it, I think it's great. It's just like you say, it's there are a lot of people see it as a, they think they just assume it's an easy thing or, or that like you said, they enjoy it and they don't, they forget that the reason they enjoy it is because they do it for four hours in a week rather than,
0: 45 or
1: whatever. Yeah, we, um, exactly.
0: Third space, like per like PT team, we try to fit about two or three of those characters in the teams to kind of also kind of nurture and kind of show them because they tend to be good as well. They tend to have a little bit more of a work ethic. They realize that like, oh, I've actually got to go study for this. I, I'm not going to fall on my ass or this is if I'm switching career, I've got actual other stuff I need to look after. Um, so they tend to be pretty decent as well. Any of the ones that come to like our courses or come to seminars and stuff like that, they tend to be all right. The only internship thing I can kind of relate is both me and Dan worked in professional football, so soccer, um, prior to PTing, and we both left it. So Dan worked a little, well, I'd say higher up we both had the same job but his team got to the premiership my team got to the championship um so he's in the will always let me know that um yeah <laughs> <laughs> my team made it to, made it to the EPL, mate don't you worry about yeah. that I, we got promoted yeah. whilst i was there but yeah it was it wasn't my fault it wasn't down to me 100 percent. i mean like cleaning uh like cups and stuff where the protein shakers it was really good um but yeah the, the only thing that kind of is classified we'd have that and it was like minimal pay Working mm-hmm. all the time. I was there during my master's degree. Were you doing that the same time as well then? Were you John Moores or you Hull?
1: No, it was after my master's. I oh, finished okay. my master's,
0: yeah. So I did it during. Um, and I was, it was just like awful. Um,
3: and yeah, we both left because we wanted yeah. to.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we were just like, I yeah. Think, yeah. I
3: think that's one of the things that separates, hopefully separates our internship from a lot of others is that we, we need those, especially in the summertime, we need those coaches coaching. So they get a lot of a lot of practice and a lot of reps pretty pretty quick. As opposed to them I mean they clean and everything too, but Yeah. They're on the floor coaching as well. And that's that's how it was when I interned, that's that's how it, how it is now. So
0: I mean when oh, yeah. I was there, yeah. You could sell like speaking to all the interns when we were just like looking around and they were super helpful. They were just like they loved being there was yep. number one as well and you could tell that that was like the place they wanted to be and what they wanted to do um which is amazing is i wish that had happened to every trainer that we had um or have right now but it's just a different a different kind of i think you've because you built that mike's built it from a long time and gets to cherry pick as well so maybe it's more right now for us is obviously like expansion as well what we have been expanding it's been like business decisions where we've like we've got to have these guys in so we can train them up if we can but it's, it's a little bit tougher um so
2: a couple yeah. of things on the internship too like dan said like we couldn't operate our business especially in the summer without them like we really really rely on them to coach and you know at the start you're almost like this is like crazy. It's almost like trial by fire. Like you give them, we do a staff training week for like two weeks, week and a half before the summer starts where it's just our staff. And like they like everyone from me and Dan all the way to the newest intern, like go back through our entire system, pretty much like a week and a half of CFSC, like almost on steroids. Then they get like kind of a week of shadowing groups. And then it's kind of like, Hey, help warm up this group. All right. I need you to watch this athlete. Like they're, they're getting thrown in um, and they're kind of learned by doing right away. So, you know, we, we've, we managed the risk, but we, we put them right in there, which, you know, I I think by the end of a 12 week internship, you know, in the summer, all of a sudden they come out with, you know, you talk about 10,000 hours, like they're getting 12 hours a day right there for four days a week. Um, and going back to, you said about people from outside of the, the fitness realm, like some of our best coaches, like a kid, like Steve Bigelow, he was a sport business major at UMass. And he came and applied for our marketing office internship to like work in our office. And he like was there for a day and he's like, can I coach instead? And (laughs) we're like, yeah, why not? Screw it. He's good. He's a really good athlete. And uh, now, I mean, he's like, he's one of our senior coaches, like Dan, myself, him, Vinny, and all kind of teaching a lot of the CFSC courses. So sometimes you get some really good people from outside of the normal realm. And like when we look at the internship applications, like I used to be the one who would go through all those. And I don't always take people. I'll take people who are outside of the kinesiology or exercise science major all the time. Cause I can teach them how to coach. I can't teach them to have a personality and I can't really make them a good athlete. Like I would say, like we, the, the way we hire people for an internship when they first come in is uh, they, if they can't come in for an in-person interview, cause we get some internationals or people from all around the U S um, they have to send in a video like on, like on camera sending like telling us why they want to coach here um and it's really so that we can get a feel for their personality like if i can't watch a three to five minute video of you without being like snooze fest then like the, the high school kids don't want to listen to you right like so like i'll take a favor over someone who's creative like i can think back to like someone like kendra or jill or glenn like some of these people who may or aaron is the one i always aaron, use my yeah. kid aaron swalson his internship video was like a comedy sketch like he was literally like was i was crying laughing and so he took a chance by like sending a professional like it was literally him making jokes and like it was all choreographed but it was hilarious i was like i'm gonna hire this kid and he was one of our best hires that we had so a personality goes a long way and like once if i put you through the internship and you can learn quick then i'd rather have you be a little behind on the coaching knowledge and a little bit further ahead on the personality traits
0: oh yeah massively i think you should uh if you if you like that kind of comedy stuff um as well if it wants to be fitness based um my man dan does uh, a little i don't know did we say double act with you and mike Sorry, i knew <laughs> you were gonna drop me in it man so, so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah
1: like i suppose like yeah me and um me and my buddy mike we like i say we focus a bit more on nutrition stuff um but yeah, we just take a light-hearted view of it all. You know, people take it far too seriously. It's just like it's well, just yeah. food. It's just training. It's like calm down, and we just take a bit of a pot shot at the more like the bodybuilding world, I suppose, and like yeah. people who like that way inclined. And it's kind of like just take it. You know, just calm down. And and I think the, like what you said there is we talk about it a lot in on the podcast is the reason that people online hate like the online industry is and Instagram is just fucking dreadful like it's awful and like but the reason is the reason people make it up there is that they know nothing but they've got personality or they look good or whatever and it's like well that's what people are drawn to straight away and then it's like right do you actually know anything so like a lot of the people out there who are good coaches but they just are dull like you said on video or you know in person it's like well they're not you're not connected with someone whereas these people who are idiots have good personality and they make people laugh so that's why they have a million people follow them and they give out poor advice but mm-hmm. like that's not their it's not that it kind of is their fault but you can't sit there blaming them when you're not prepared to learn how to i suppose do that sort of thing um so yeah it's kind of that way of i suppose doing it it's a bit um it's a bit interesting to see how personality goes a long way in our in our industry
3: and, and we always say the the clients and the athletes they don't necessarily care about the program and the the X's and O's behind what we're doing—it's—it's it's more they—they they show up every day because of because of their coach. They like their coach. They like the people around, and so that's—I mean—that's a lot of times that, that is what what keeps people coming back day after day is, is the environment, the personalities.
1: And that's what we find in football. You know, with the internships in football, is like I, I—I I loved it and it was great, but I was realized I was working with people who were turning up because they enjoyed having a bit of a chat with me or whatever, but they still didn't actually do the work. And I was like, that's when I was like, I'm leaving because this is this is boring. Like, you guys aren't doing what I need you to do. Yeah, it's a good crack, it's a good laugh, but that's where I, that's where I think both me and Tom probably kind of knew that when we went into the PT, it was it was going to work because it was like, hang on, we've got good rapports with professional footballers, we're athletes. We know how to coach someone. They're just not letting us. Like they just <laughs> they just don't want to do it. So we kind of knew I think going into it that if you have a good personality and you're you're likable and you're someone that's fun to talk to, you're going to be okay. Um, you know and it's like I think for me more so online you have to be a bit more a bit more out there and a bit more not over the top with it but you certainly have to be prepared to do that more so um nowadays like I said with all the all the people out there who, uh, who are spreading so much misinformation but they do it with a smile on their face and it's like right.
2: <laughs> well it's us see uh you know the saying they always say it's like people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care but after they know how much you care they should care how much you know you know <laughs> so there I think there's a, another step to that saying you know you can't Like getting them in the door is how much you care, but then keeping them there and giving them results is is, is what you know. Right. So,
1: that's it yeah but yeah so i mean yeah me and mike we just take that we just take the piss like too much and, and it's a bit it's a bit out there and it's, it's it's a bit direct and we get a bit of negative feedback but it's only from people who just can't hear it you know don't like hearing a bit of the I truth and
0: you, <laughs> no. you get you get negative feedback for the people who it resonates it's the people you're taking maybe we're taking the piss out of slightly them and they're like oh no i, I do i do that really okay you know like uh, eh, maybe we don't know just, <laughs> there's a chance there but going scaling back to what you were talking about um so you talked about you have high school athletes, um, you've got general pop group settings, maybe athletes and everything because it kind of cross borders everywhere. Um, how do you kind of segregate because I'm, I'm going to guess that there's probably a lot of people listening here and they've got a certain demographic that they probably train, but I know from visiting you guys, it's fucking everybody. You train everybody under the sun. If they want to walk in and pay, they, they can come and get trained. Um, and it's it takes i don't know like in terms of fitting the system and being able to train every single person what do you say is there anything that changes depending on maybe high school athlete or normal adult to athlete or anything through there or what what do you think the nuances could be
2: yeah i mean the the general uh, recipe is the same it's just the 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 amount of each ingredient right we always say training is a recipe not a not a Not a menu, right? So like they're gonna get a lot of the same things. Just the methods might change a little bit. Like everyone who comes in is gonna do some sort of mobility work. Everyone who comes in is gonna go through an active warm up. Everyone's gonna throw med balls and do plyo. But that's probably where the intensity changes, right? Like you know my my mom is gonna like maybe do some easy med ball throws, and she might do a box jump. Whereas like my high school and collegiate athletes. Are going to do some more advanced med ball work. They're going to do hopping, bounding, and they're going to do sprinting, right? But it's all it's all you know light implement power work. Um, then, like our adults, you know they'll they're going to do heavy implement power. They just might swing and do some jump variations. Whereas, you know our our college athletes might do Olympic lifts or you know dumbbell snatch or things like that. And they're all going to lift weights. You know, again, it just might be for the adults. Like it just might be more basics and fundamentals. And then the conditioning is really pretty similar. The adults probably just do a little less running, so I mean it's not uh, not that much different. Just maybe the intensity changes. I think Dan would probably uh, agree. Yeah, yeah,
3: definitely. I, I think um, we always think of it as as the risk reward, right? Like so for for adults who are have some more miles on them and, and probably just a lot more previous injury, we want to take a lot less risk with them. But it's so it's the the categories, like Kevin was saying, or the or the recipe. Basically, stay the same. We're still we still want to get power work every day. We still want to get strength work. We still want to get conditioning, mobility. It's just, you know, the the means of going about that differ a little bit. So,
0: yeah, I think what falls back into. Uh when, when I start to explain, so I did a, like a programming lecture to all the first space trainers over the last two weeks whilst we've been doing all this uh, Zoom stuff. And I was explaining you guys, like your guys' model and how you're doing that stuff. And then going on to like triphasic training and all this kind of stuff. And they're like getting way too caught up in the nuances. And one slide I had um, is in terms of CrossFit methods and just throwing some stuff at the wall. But there was... Um, But kind of the slide at the end was like, does it really matter for a lot of people if they're busting their ass? I think when going to you guys, it seems like actually coaching seemed to be the overriding thing. The programming and the recipes were all very similar. And we could kind of just, yeah, spending more time here, spending more time here, depending on demographic. But everybody gets a little bit slice of pie of all of it. But it was just like, no, they get coached well. That's probably what they're there for, and that's how they're getting their movements or going through that. I think that's what me, I personally, from from being an educator in the UK industry, I think that's the big thing that we have don't have compared to uh, the the US is the well, knowledge base and in, in of intensity of coaching and being able to be like actually, no, you're gonna you're gonna go through the system and we're gonna pluck stuff up. We kind of get into this. I don't know there's still a lot of stuff about bodybuilding, and for example, you said plyometric and medball. I know for a fact that a bunch of listeners right now would be like alarm bell, alarm bells in terms of what you're making your mum do like box jumps and plyometrics. <laughs> and that's like, you're like, yeah, yeah, they can jump. Like, it doesn't mean she's trying to put like her knees past her, like, I don't know, her ears
2: and yeah, she's trying yeah. to jump
0: over her head, but I'm sure she's trying to jump on a stab. Exactly. Uh,
2: like I always say, like for their older people, like they're losing power twice as fast as they lose strength typically. And like, I have like one woman who comes and she's like, pull my doormat out. It's like a two inch plyo box and she jumps on that. So it's all relative. Uh, I just don't want her to slow down. So yeah, it's like however you can get it done. It's like, you're right. Being able to phase things to the person uh, makes that stuff a lot more digestible for them.
0: 100%. And also go back to your, uh, there was, that's something that I think might resonate with, I don't know if Dan, we, when we got hired, etc. nobody really checked how we moved. That was never a thing. Um, for any jobs I see us in the education team we look at every single trainer when they're looking going through when we hire them right and we get them to train sessions or whatever and they generally see them move but there's never like a focus especially when we were hired on how we move but do you guys you concur right I know you you talked about it when you were doing the uh, CFC teaching over here you're like I want to see the coach move well like and if they don't they're gonna fucking work at it, like yeah, I mean, until we, they do.
3: We always say too, like how the coach moves is exactly how their group's gonna move, or you know, how their clients move, All right? So if if you have a coach who, for instance, can't do the ladder drill, the it, none of his group is gonna be able to do the ladder drills, right? So we want them to be able to to demonstrate and, and be able to to what we be the example for everyone to follow, and that's I, that's the huge part of the CFSC is. You can't, you don't pass the CFSC unless you can move and and demonstrate and do everything really, really well. So Yeah, and like, it's funny, you even see the groups like pick up the little intricacies that that coach
2: has, like the way Steve Bigelow's group throws a med ball, looks like how he throws a med ball. Like the way my group cleans looks like me when I clean, because they, majority, especially kids are such visual learners. It's hard to get them to lend you their ear for long enough, but they'll watch if you're good enough. Um, So you know, if you demo half-ass or you demo poorly, they tend to do the same. And it's funny. You'll see interns who come in and can't move well. But the ones who work really hard, like I could think of a handful that even still work for us, that when they started, I was like, ooh, that looks dreadful, watching them do a warm-up. And then, you know, after lots of practice, 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 they get they get better, right? So uh, it's just you got to drill it over and over. And, 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 you know, before I was at MBSC, the big thing Mike used to do was just hire former athletes. Because like back in the day, being a strength coach wasn't really a thing. So like people weren't going to school for that, but they needed employees. So, you know, Mike would be like, former athlete, you want a job? I'll teach you how to work here. And a lot of our early employees were people who just used to train here because you knew you could get a good demo out of them.
0: True. Dan, would you say that? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think
1: it. Which one? (laughs) Gotta be specific, mate. Sorry, I'll call
0: you Meek from now on, shall I? Yeah, do that. That's probably easier. <laughs> <isn't
3: it?
0: laughs> do you think that's lacking in our industry in the UK?
1: movement Well, no, I, I think I think obviously in my industry, certainly, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, industry, I think it's gone too far. The, it's gone too far the other way. You know, it's like how you look is exactly like everything, and it's like no, that's not. It. If just because someone has a six pack, they don't know anything about nutrition. Like, come on. But you know, that's just the, again the, the again online, and that is a very visual based thing. Um, but you know, there's there's other skills involved in it that I I believe you have to practice what you preach. We've talked about that so many times. To a certain degree, you have to practice what you preach. Um, like you say, you don't have to win any hundred meter sprinting events, but you certainly have to be somewhat you know, quick and sprint well and all that sort of stuff. And it's the same with nutrition. Like, I, I think the interesting thing was you were talking about the recipe thing. It's the same with what I do. It's like, well, everyone to lose weight is going to have to reduce their calories. How often, how quickly the intensity they do that will vary based on each individual And based on whether I think they need to kick up the arse or an arm on the shoulder, that's, again, the skill of a coach. Ultimately, they're all doing the same thing. It's just how much of each you're putting in. I think it's exactly the same. It's it's all templates. And people think like to think they're unique snowflakes and that they you know they're different they have an issue that no one else has ever got in the whole world and you don't you've never seen it before and you have it's like no you have like i know how to get around it like you'll just need to do this 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 same with training everyone thinks they need they, they you know they don't need a 12-week training plan they need they only need to change exercise every two weeks it's like no you don't you need to do this consistently over time send me videos get better at it and progress it's but people think that they're different and the rules don't apply to them and unfortunately we're all very predictable um and right. how we're going to adapt and change these things and it's just like you said that the the beauty of coaching is knowing when to pick up on little things and when to change little tiny things not overhaul things altogether you know um so that's the interesting i think think from from what i do is it's very similar
3: well that's like we we don't have any real sport specific programs i mean we have in the summer we'll have groups we'll put for instance the hockey one of the hockey players together but that's it's more it's not necessarily the program as much as it is they all like to be together, it's good camaraderie, it, it makes for a good experience for them. But the programs are are very, very similar from you know, you'll see a lot of the times in the same group, football player, baseball player, basketball, soccer, whatever, they all train together, they're all doing ninety percent of the same lifts in the same movements, and then there there might be a ten percent difference. You know, would say like maybe an overhead athlete we change one or two things for them. Or, you know, if somebody has a, a specific injury, that's where we're going to we're going to change things around. But 90 percent of, of everyone that's in there is doing the same sort of fundamental lifts. It's interesting you say that. Do you, have you guys watched the... Have you been watching the
1: last dance? You must have probably. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, like, I thought it was really interesting watching that because you saw Michael Jordan's trainer talk about when he tr- switched to baseball and he was like, his body was wrecked. It was, like, completely different. It's completely different demands. And all this. And I was like, is, is it, like, surely if it was... You just do a good program for any sport like obviously with baseball there's certain shoulder movements and, and as you said there's things there you'd look at but i was i couldn't help well as a trainer watching it again and he was like yeah for a whole year his body was completely out of whack he was he couldn't play well and i was just like really though like or mm-hmm. is that just maybe you aren't maybe the best trainer in the world and i was like obviously it was a long time ago right before obviously it was i suppose a bit more advanced like it is now it maybe was a bit more uh, machine based but i remember seeing the gym at the Warner Bros. Studio because he was like when he was filming Space Jam he went to the gym there and he was like yeah they had every single machine we wanted and I was like what do you what I was like looking at it again why does he need that all these machines for I was like he's a basketball yeah. player like yeah. and it just it just made me laugh because it was you know nine what was it 90, 96 or something it was around that time but mm-hmm. um but yeah it's interesting hear you say that because I would think athletes would just need to be explosive strong you know move well and it was interesting hear him say that it was. The demands were so different that he'd ruined his body and i was like no nah, i don't think he did but it was,
2: it was i think fun. it's really like just the difference of the energy systems of playing basketball and then baseball where you're sitting on your ass 90 percent of the time but yeah. uh it's like in reality like dan said most of the most trainers in the world work for, like work in the realm of general preparedness right like if, especially with sports like you know, we're, we're helping them be more equipped to go to sport practice and develop, you know, specific movement quality and specific energy systems at practice and in scrimmages and competition. Um, and and there's with the very rare, very elite that you're going to start to work on that. You know, I don't even say 10%, that 5%, 3% where you have to specialize. And I think that becomes more so even true with like individualistic sports, like track and field, um, where you're peaking for one event and you're one person. But once you start playing a team sport and there's mixed energy systems and mixed movement patterns, like our job is to make them as generally strong and fit and uh, like resistant to stress as possible and then let them go and work with their sport coach and let them go and work with their teammates. And that's really pretty much what we do.
0: I mean, that's one of the reasons why I left football. I don't know whether you know. It's because uh, um, some of our sessions were kind of optional. Even though we would like picked out the data that probably supported, they needed to do some of this stuff. Um, and then there's, I remember, uh, name him Clayton Donaldson. He's on about like 12, 15 grand a week. So like, and I'm sitting there going like, yeah. So I, I get paid forty quid for every game that I turn up for, and I'm doing a masters degree at the time. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, but then <laughs> he was like, no, nah, I don't really want to do this, like all this strength work, um, because I'm gonna lose my touch. I'm more of a touch player. I'm, like. What are you about?
1: <laughs> I used to. <laughs> I used to love it when uh, I used to love it when players used to say that they only need they only needed to half squat because they their leg they, they never they, their knees never come up to their chest when they play and I'm like, what? I'm like oh, what? so I need to do half squats because then I'm going to be powerful and I can lift more load and I was like, that's not how it works and they're like, no no it is and I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just, you do, you mate. Yeah, that's that's why we left. I I just I just couldn't hack it. I was just like, it's not it's not cool. But I think the big thing that Tom picked up on from when he came back from visiting you guys was something that stuck with me for for a long time. Even when I was in sport, was you're training these people so that they stay fit to play their sport, not to make them into some sort of superstar like weightlifter that can't mm-hmm. play their sport they need to play their sport the longer the time they spend on the pitch in the court whatever it is the the better they're going to be and that was kind of always i think in the back of our heads so always whenever we've trained people is you want these people coming back you don't want them to do a chess session that ruins their chest so much they don't even want to come and see you again like that's not yeah. the goal here and again over here it's still that that way of doing it it's like pts just think doesn't matter if you've got an athlete or you know like someone's dad that you're going to train it's like yeah we do a bench press day today you're going to kill your chest it's like god and it's yeah. still the way people even in sport like in football that's what it's is done it's like are we uh, and that's how backwards over it is over here because i think it's over in america i think you guys put so much more value on s and c and longevity of sports careers and getting people playing the sport and stuff like that whereas over here it's kind of like the best way to get better at football is just to play football whereas i think you guys have realized you need to compliment that as well
0: and that's why some of your guys over there are the biggest strongest fastest you know and we're not over here I think that's a a big thing here when I came back because I don't know I think it's probably the last like so I was more like athletic based when I was started to get into fitness and then both like Dan went into you did bodybuilding you wanted to train bodybuilders so you went did a bodybuilding show I was doing powerlifting so I went into powerlifting competitions Um, and then Weirdly, that started creeping into how we were training our clients, and we we're like, no, 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 this is wrong. Like, this is stupid. Why well, it's like my my clients don't need to do the big three. I was like, there's no point putting them through this. It's like that. There's yeah, this isn't preparing them for anything. I was like, there could be fundamental stuff that we took out, and then. But probably the last three years, I've been like, I did phase one Exos and putting there through the athlete's performance stuff, and then coming to see you guys. And I was like, yeah, this is the crap that I used to do football. I was like, why, why, why have I changed this? Why have I got so embedded in into strength sports thinking like yeah clearly everybody needs to be a strong man it's like no of course they don't no oh, um <laughs> absolutely moronic so i feel like it, it happens as a journey as well like when i came back i took Dan through one of uh, one of the adult and i know i took you for an athlete program actually that i took from uh, you gave us some like sheets and i was like oh yeah let's stick to that and we'll take Dan for a program when i went to visit in bath and you were fucked mate absolutely <laughs> screwed. <it. laughs> yeah
2: I think you have to go through that evolution of a strength coach idea. Like I think it, it does, you learn something in that process, whether it's through bodybuilding or through powerlifting. Like I, I went through that journey. Like I, I could tell you, like I started before I was at Boils. I was at a Gold's gym, complete meathead. Like I would just be like, Hey, what's in muscle and fitness this month. That's what I'm going to follow. Then, um, I started MBSC pretty early, but at that same time I started to get into powerlifting. I did probably 10 meets. And then, you know, you have like, okay, I have injuries, I got really strong. But then like, I definitely lost the athleticism. And then I started to really get embedded into MBSC. And I evolved that way. And I think everyone who has worked for us has been through that. And I think that's the way you learn what best practices because you have to probably make some mistakes or, or realize like, hey, what I like isn't what my client necessarily needs to do.
0: Yeah, 100%. I noticed that when I was doing a load of powerlifting meets. Yeah, I was getting strong. Awesome. But I was also trying to play like national amateur f- uh, soccer on the side. And I was like, these two do, do not mix particularly. <laughs> I was like, I'm all very rehearsed, very linear. And then I'm asking to like play as a forward or just like a center midfielder. It's a hell of a lot of change direction that I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I screwed my hips up and ankles like no end. I was just like, yeah, I'm not preparing myself for this, am I? Um, <laughs> not good. Uh, but interesting. But okay, like... So should we go more current now, guys? So you two, I would say, are both very much in-person trainers. You agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of whether you do like group settings or one-to-one PT all the way through. And obviously you both teach educators a lot of the stuff like me and Dan do right over here. Um, obviously, with this Corona stuff, I think a lot of the a lot of people might be looking for people like yourselves and maybe us too for a little bit more guidance in terms of where do you think you're going with your businesses or with the CFFC or personal wise, um, and where do you think the industry might be going with this? Obviously, it's super soon, so we're not going to hold you to it, um, but we yeah. might check back in about six months.
2: yeah. yeah like, I mean, luckily. Um, I had a little bit of an online coaching business before this and that just kind of led me to stabilize it some more and expand a little bit more in this. So I think I'll see more of that um, just because there'll be some hesitation of people wanting to come back to a crowded space. So I think I'll probably stay pretty busy there. The gym has an online training business that'll probably stay pretty busy. Um, and luckily with CFSC, we had launched an online course just prior to this, like in January. So, I mean, we would have been in a real rough place had we not done that, but that has really been, it's really taken off because of this um, over the last like couple months, It's it's been really busy. So I think we'll continue to expand like kind of our continue education offerings online to be able to cater to people and, and uh, figure out how to make that work because that was a pretty new thing for us. So we'll, we'll continue to expand that and just learn from you know the processes that we
3: have now. Yeah, I, I think it, it shows there's there's definitely opportunities that we might not have known existed, like the the way people have have sort of gravitated towards things like Zoom, that were really un- I hadn't I had never been on Zoom before. Not things started, <laughs> uh, and now it's I I spend more time on Zoom than anywhere else, really. So it's 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 pretty interesting in that sense. Like we've been doing our for our adult groups at the gym. We have they have all been doing. Uh, Zoom, that we have three, basically uh, nine groups, nine Zoom groups a week for our clients uh, to, you know, to keep them engaged, keep them going. So I think even when we open up, we'll probably keep a few of those, assuming that not everyone's going to come back right away. But also, I just think it's it's extra value. Like if if somebody... You know, it, it's more engagement with people. It's really good for us. I'm thinking like when we, we have a lot of people that go away for the summer, personal tra- training clients that go away for the summer, they might have summer homes in New Hampshire and in, in Cape Cod or whatever. So we lose them for, for several months. So some of this online stuff is going to be really good from a retention standpoint. And then also with our on the athlete side, we have athletes that come to us sort of in reverse. They'll come to us every summer. But we don't see them much during the year because they're off at school and college and, and whatever they're doing. So I think all this is going to help us hopefully retain some of those, those people over the long term. Yeah, I think that's a big
0: one because like – uh, we, we were, both me and Dan were a little bit skeptical when, because we both have, well, he has a massive online, uh, well, he's, he's solely online in terms of his personal training. I do a little bit of online personal training, much like Kervilates, it just su- supplements a little bit. And um, basically, we were a little bit skeptical about literally training someone like by sitting at your screen and then having a screen and working out on it, we. I think it was kind of like, really? That's always the joke of when somebody's an online coach. It's like, yeah, no, that's what we're actually doing now. Um, it's, it's a little bit, I always feel like, because you have to have a little bit more of a personality on the screen. Because yeah. I think when we talk about, in, term, in terms of like, I don't know, um, recording lectures, et cetera, we have to add on another like 20 percent of your personality because you're losing it basically on the screen and i feel like that has been the hardest thing to get around but you talked about group setting there something we've been doing at the personal training collective is talk about like group setting um kind of training and how a lot of people have boot camps or whatever those clients and yoga stuff how are you guys setting out that in terms of having yeah like you've got nine groups how's the training like how does it set out
3: So, so we, and this is, this was all credit, Sean DeWhispers and and Bruce Mack from our Thrive partnership, MBSC Thrive, they really did a great job setting us up. Basically, as soon as this whole thing happened, they, they sort of laid out what they'd been doing. So essentially what we do is have one co one sort of lead coach goes through the whole workout with on camera so that everyone watches their screen and sees them demonstrating, sees them, hears them cueing. And then we have another coach who's at, at home who watches everyone on screen and he can he can pin in and say like, hey, you know, Tom, uh, flatten your back or, or you know, Dan, fix, fix your knees or whatever it may, may be. So that's that's been really, really helpful having the two coaches there. I don't know how we would do it otherwise unless it was a one-on-one setting. I think it'd be, it'd be pretty tough. I think, yeah, that's a, like I've
0: been doing some one-on-one stuff with some of my clients because obviously we've been like, all right, well, this isn't happening for a while, so we might as well start doing this or, or like I'm pre-recording like a whole workout or just like one set of everything and then being like, this is what's happening and sending it through to them. Um, but yeah, Dan, you're of a half Laura, right? She's doing Pilates based on in terms of group stuff. But is that one of the things that she was kind of complaining about as well is not being able to check? up on because she's normally walks around and sees how the group is performing right
1: yeah so we're looking at she's got like um we've got a smart tv so she doesn't have to look at a laptop she can look at like a 50 inch screen at least so she can kind of see people um but yeah she sort of does at any one time there's 20 people in a class and she usually yeah walks around and can see everyone and one of the things that she if we didn't have the tv i don't think she'd be able to do it because obviously everyone's squares so small but um yeah she she sort of said that that's one of the things that she was worried about initially but actually everyone finds that if you have a good enough coach, you can see these sorts of things and the cameras are set up properly. Like it is, it's okay. But I mean, I'd never even considered the idea of having two coaches and one one (laughs) doing it and the other one just watching the screen. Like that makes complete sense. But obviously like most people over here, like most PTs work on their own or they work as a one. So it's kind of quite hard as you guys, obviously a great team and you kind of all have the same things you'd look out for. So I guess that kind of helps. And um, yeah, I think it's, um, it's just, it's just fast tracked the whole like online PT and training by, by, you know, five years or so like this is it really has had to happen very very quickly and, and like you said i think the retention tool is is great now because if people go away you know they can't be like oh i can't get a hold of you i can't train now for four weeks it's like well yeah remember when we did that last year like you were fine <laughs> and so it kind of like helps with that and it kind of people don't really have um let's like say much of a, I say an excuse to, to to cancel on things but it gives that level of accountability and one thing we talked about was uh, i wouldn't feel 100% comfortable doing a, a one-on-one zoom class or at least i thought so eight weeks ago and i think now it's actually a Case of the feedback from people's clients that we've spoke to has been it's the accountability, it's the fact that I'm still turning up for that hour and you're telling me what to do. It's and it's still going to be better than if I did it on my own. And it's been interesting to see how even that people are, are really putting a lot of value on it. So I think it just shows that as trainers, it's it's not necessarily always about the facilities you've got in your gym and all that. It is like we've talked about is you as a coach. It's if you've got if you're a good coach and you've got clients who really enjoy you and like you and think you're good at what you do, you're going to retain your clients. Like if it's right. zoom or whatever um i think we, we talked about before we came on air. like this what's going on is going to harm a lot of coaches but they're probably people who maybe were getting by who maybe needed to upskill a bit better who needed to think more about them coaching ability and personality and coming and getting that a bit across and actually those guys that i've spoke to who are, who are doing fine if if anything they're thriving in this is, is people who i know are good coaches Like I know they are. Um, So it's been interesting to see that develop because like you say, coaching, it's about that connection you have with your client. It's not about whether, you know, more in terms of techniques or or whatever necessarily. So I think it's been, uh, it's been interesting.
3: We've seen the same thing. The the feedback has been really, it's been positive on on all the zoom stuff. And a lot of it has been clients saying how much they enjoy the, having that regularly scheduled part of their life back. Like they, a lot of our clients they sort of think of, and we, we, we try to create it this way, but they think of us as like their third place. And we talk about it all the time, they have work, they have home and, and they have the gym and works for a lot of them work has been taken away. And then the gym was taken away. So, so being able to give them at least one of those back has been, has been huge. And, and, uh, and yeah, hopefully that it will go a long way. When we do open up, you know, all those people will come back and really appreciate that, that we were there for them. During a, during a pretty tough time. so
0: Yeah, I think on a personal level, they will because they get connected to the coaches. Maybe the gym a little bit. I mean, but yeah, the P- PT is a retention tool at the end of the day, isn't it? And you're just Absolutely. trying to keep the member coming back. And if they enjoy the experience, then they become, they're going to tell their other people about it and then like they're coming in and then you end up training with somebody that you recommend. So that's, yeah, where that guideline is. Moving on to like, uh, in terms of trainers right now, or maybe, I don't know, pre-COVID, now, however it moves, you guys obviously really well, well-educated uh, in terms of fitness and the business, well, fitness industry, what would you say any people or courses, and you can obviously say your own courses, um, that you would like people to go and do now? Because we got bombarded with free courses when this thing came out, right? I mean, mm-hmm. PTC was one, we sent out a free course and was like, yeah, we, we did really well, we got about two, 3,000 people on it. And we're like, all right, this is this is good. <laughs> Thanks for the email list, essentially, and we can use this really well. Mm-hmm. So we have to upsell a little bit. But is there any any people that you particularly like have followed throughout your careers, or anything for new PTS? Where where should they start?
2: I mean, obviously, I'd be biased and say our course. But uh, <laughs> so I think CFSC is a good practical entry. I mean, that's what we want. We created it to be yep. a new barrier of entry for coaches. That's really what we want. And I mean. Like I said, luckily, that it's online now. People can have access to that and get the practical portion where they literally follow me through teaching a practical course. Like it's like there's a camera on me while I was teaching a level one. Um, and then they have to actually demo and coach online and submit videos where we pass and fail them based on their coaching skills. Um, and, and I think you're going to see more, coach, more courses come out like that now. Because uh, to my knowledge, people weren't really requiring an online practical before us. But I think because of this, I think you're going to see a lot of courses that struggle to fill rooms in person in the next year. Um, So I bet you'll see pivots between a lot of these people who are accustomed to doing like live workshops. Uh, Hopefully, we'll we'll pivot to those, and and that'll allow you know people more access. So um, as far as courses that like I've been keeping an eye on, I, I have been tuning. There's been a ton of free webinars right now, and you know some are good, some are bad. But you know if knowledge is free, and I can gain one thing from that then then it's probably worth it to me right and and maybe i can filter it into what i do but i don't know dan have you uh have you tuned into
3: anything i i have i mean i obviously extremely biased but the i think cfsc ones have been great like kevin and damien and and brendan did one the other day that was awesome it was functional anatomy um there has there's been so many honestly it's 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 been awesome i've i've tuned into a bunch of them but I think, um, I don't know, none none that really, honestly, none that completely stick out. I would say just anything that you were struggling in, like, so for instance, the anatomy one was perfect for me because that was something I knew I was, I didn't have a very good grasp on. So once, when this whole thing started, I was trying to get, get up on my, my anatomy anyways. Um, so that was kind of a perfect timing. So I'll just look for ones that interest me in a, in a particular area, like, I'm very into nutrition stuff right now, so I've been watching a lot of webinars and things like that on on nutrition. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I would just pick an area of of interest for you at this time and and try to dive into to whatever you can find. There's plenty out there. There's
0: plenty out there as well, Meek. What would you say? Have you have you any nutrition stuff you can recommend to Dan essentially now as well? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah um like, like you said I think there's a lot of a lot of people giving out a lot of stuff I feel like I feel like I've been emailed by precision nutrition about something free I don't know um and <laughs> like you say it's 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 one of those things I think the ptc like you know you guys have, have given out some from f- some free stuff and I feel like Dean Somerset and Tony general Corps have as well I feel like I Saw something that they did, um, or they were giving away access to stuff that they were doing for free for a month or two, and I think it was worth. I think it was Dean. Something the mobility, I can't remember. Something that we're going. You know, our listeners like those two anyway. They follow. They follow yeah. them probably. So they did something that I think was was definitely free. Um, so sort of like yeah, just go look at. It. And I think it's. We talked about it at the start when this kicked off. Was like it's a great time to really just immerse yourself in that stuff and and you know like like kevin said even if it's not great even if you've got one tiny thing it's like it's it's worth it you've got the time like everyone always moans they don't have time to do cpd and stuff it's like well guess what you've now got time to to do that and and personal trainers over here the one thing i would say to the pts over here is is business like most of the most people know the the fundamentals that we talked about the you know templates and recipes of how to train someone well most people struggle with getting leads and understanding how to create business and it's kind of like look you need to know how to market yourself a bit and show your personality and talk to Tom talked about email lists and stuff like if you're going to the online world like you need to know how to to do that and how to create connections with people because you can't do it face-to-face anymore so guess what you're gonna have to use the written form learn how to write properly learn how to engage people in what you do I think it's I think sometimes in, in our industry people focus too much on learning more about their, their craft and it's like you're already at the top of the pyramid like just go to a different pyramid and learn the basics of marketing or the basics of communication and um, and that sort of thing. And psych- even like down to psychology, like half a coaching is all about getting in someone's head, right? It's little things like that. I think it's, people need to think laterally rather than just going, I want to learn a bit more about plyometrics. It's like, hmm, how much are you going to use that on a daily basis now? You're better off going down down another route. That's That's been the advice I've given people who have asked um, is, is you've got the time to really, go for that. And chances are, if you know less about it, you're going to learn far more in a short space of time than if you go for something that's so niche down that you're right. going to pick up one tiny thing that you already know a lot about. Um,
0: that's what I've been, been recommending. Anyway. Yeah, it's interesting how you say that, because right now, um, I am currently course writing and reviewing the new Level 2 and Level 3 industry standards for the UK. Um, so they change um, as of September. So at the PTC, we have to review everything, refilm everything and set out new standards and what we're actually doing. So there's completely new manuals. There's like four new uh, modules and units. And one of them is marketing. And it talks about social media and it talks about all this kind of stuff and being positive uh, in terms of that. So that's obviously filtered into our governing body, like UK Active and Simspar and all those guys and the Register of Exercise Professionals. Um, so it's interesting how you say that because that's definitely something that maybe when we started 10 years ago, wasn't really a thing, like especially at Third Space. So we we got bought out. It's, no, it's not how you guys know it, okay, from Boston. Like when we were there, we were there for about two years and then it got bought out. We were never allowed to use social media in the club at all. Wow. Um, so it was because it was as Dan said, the third space, it was for in terms of celebrities or people of like high employment CEOs and stuff. They wanted to get away from anything like that. They were just like, no, no, I don't want to see any cameras, like phones, all that kind of stuff. It was away, way, but obviously how the industry is going, it's just, we, we couldn't cope like that, but it moved away mm-hmm. from it. So yeah, it's interesting you say that it's definitely stuff to move into. The one thing, I think all the, <laughs> I think, I don't know whether it's just because it's all body weight and stuff, um, there's been limited equipment. All us coordinators have been uh, looking at Altus. Um, so looking through the sprint mechanic stuff right now. Um, that has been something, especially with a lot more people getting into running. It seems like um, my girlfriend, one of them, like wants to work up to being t- doing a 10K. So it's like, all right, well, we should probably learn how to coach somebody to run a little bit better. Maybe upskill that a little bit. So that might be a big thing in terms of it's definitely something you can do on your own. We can do it outside whilst we're in the lockdown. Um, so that seemed to be a thing that we directed like third space PTs. They did like two, three weeks for free, looking at all their stuff as well on Altus, uh, which is, which is decent. All right, guys, there's one thing I know that both me and Dan want to know, um, is did e- either of you were, <laughs> have Ben Bruno under your wing whilst you were at CFS. Oh
2: yeah. He was an intern, uh, he was an intern <laughs> ah, while I was, while there I was working there for a long time. He, I remember his first day. Let me tell you this story. I mean, I tell you, he's the nicest guy. So he, um, he had. I was originally supposed to intern at another gym in the same town as MBSC. Just happened to be because he's from New Hampshire, so he's probably about forty from about forty-five minutes, hour away from where we are. He drove down to do that internship, and the guy who this guy who was running the gym where he was going to intern was a real jerk. And he say, Ben gets there and he goes, "Hey, uh, sorry, I gave the position to my brother." So Ben looked up MBSC and just drove across town. And uh, walked in, like, right after a staff meeting. We had just had a staff meeting, I remember. And Ben comes walking in. He's short, but, like, jacked. Um, and he's like, hey, guys, like, uh, I was supposed to intern at this other place. But, like, can I intern here? And we were like, it, it, we always say, like, in the fall in the, or the spring, like, fall especially, we don't get as many internship apps. I always say, like, hey, if you want to intern in the fall and you have a pulse, we'll take you. So, like, he came in. And we were, like, we were actually kind of short interns. then. we were, like. Yeah, actually, we kind of need some people. And uh, he was a nice enough guy when we first met him, and it was real personable. So we, we were like, Yeah, uh, come tomorrow. And I'll, I'll never forget this story. Like, Marco Sanchez and I were in the hallway. And if you always see Ben, he's got like funny t shirts on, right? Like, he even sells the funny ones for yeah, now. You but, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you go to Target, I don't know if you have Target over there, uh, they have funny graphic t shirts. And he had like a Ninja Turtle shirt on. And I'll never forget this. Marco saying to him, like, uh, Hey, Ben, uh, I like your shirt. And he goes, Oh, I got another one in the back here. And he just, I remember him just giving it to Marco, like right in the hot, like he's just a very friendly guy. So, but he was, I was worked with him for a number of years, the entire time he was there. Yeah. Uh, pretty much daily.
3: And then and when I was, I think he was there when I first started for probably, we might have crossed over for a year or so. He was always in, we had a second facility in North Andover, which I don't um, actually, so now it's in Middleton. I don't know if you guys saw that. Not when we you go, were, but he was up there mostly. So I didn't, I didn't have a ton of interaction with him, but I do remember, I mean, he was, he was always really, really nice, especially like, again, I was, I was a new employee, really good guy. Yeah. Oh, he's absolutely absolute hero. I absolutely
1: love the guy. I think it's, as he talks about personality and, and, and like, I suppose, you know, social media and stuff, like he just like, it's just spot on, exactly what yeah. the world needs. Like people take life too seriously, training too seriously. And um, yeah, he just, he just, I think his whole philosophy, you can tell he's come from a facility like um, MBSC, where, you know, he's got his 10 commandments. It's like, you just got to do stuff that, yeah, you might not like it, but you just got to do it. And yeah. if you're in pain, don't train and, and all that sort of stuff. And it's all his mantra, but it's just his sense of humor. And it's just that dry, i just love it he's such a hero like i love watching his stuff every time it pops up i always unmute it i sit down i watch it i just i just love the guy i think he's he's great but he's i mean hell he's made a career for himself there hasn't he flipping out training the guys he trains but um it just shows that we talked about he's got seven foot basketball players and he's got you know five foot nothing you know actresses it's like he trains them all the same way like you can see that he just he just has that fundamental knowledge of what he's doing and i just like how he doesn't try to be something he's not and i think in an industry where you know we've nearly i suppose must have nearly a quarter million followers of whatever it'd be very easy to go down a route that's probably a bit more traditional in that sense but he's just stuck to his guns and like no i am who i am like i train my mum still like i have these t-shirts it's just yeah. so he's just so authentic and you can see that he's just that's who he is it's great yeah absolutely
0: absolutely yeah he's um some of his quotes and some of the stuff that he comes out with especially with some with like some of the celebrities that he trains yeah, brilliant. He
1: trains that guy, that 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 comedian guy that he trains, Phil. Ah, oh, Phil, Phil well. Rosenthal. Yeah. yeah, fucking love it <laughs> every time. I'm just like I crack up, but it's. I mean, he you knows what's coming,
0: but it's still. Yeah, funny. you're like he's always going to be doing something like cleaning or going getting the, <laughs> the shops, and he's like, oh, all right, with the lockdown thing, he sent him to go like get his shopping. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, it took me 90 minutes. It was like 90 minutes. Oh, I only charge you like 60 minute sessions. So, uh, (laughs) well,
2: part of why I think he's been so successful with that high profile population is because of his authenticity. Like, and, and like, like you said, like the Ben that you see there, that's generally, that's who he is like all the time. Like he's a very authentic guy, very nice guy. And he's, I think they, you know, I think you have to be weary, especially in LA. You have a lot of those like fake celebrity trainer types who don't, one, don't know anything and they're always looking for something, right? They, they want to get an edge by meeting these celebrity people and, and Ben just wants to help people. So I think that, that has done more to help his business than anything because of his just, his uh, so authentic with everyone that comes to see him. I think
3: that the real people probably are endeared to that.
0: Oh, massively. I,
3: remember, I remember him coming back about a, probably about a year after he had moved out to LA. He came back and everyone was asking him about like, you know, uh, Jessica Beale and Justin Timberlake and everything like that. And he was like, yeah, well like how they, how are the MC kids doing? Like all he cared, he wanted to train and he was home. He was like on vacation. He was home for a week and he wanted to train the hockey kids that he had from the summer before, like for free. Cause just, cause he just loves, that's what he loves to do. So I always thought that was, that was pretty cool too.
0: Yeah. He just seems like a, a downright decent guy. Then he, all right. Should we end with, uh, just four little things that we, we kind of like to ask all our guests in terms of uh, random stuff because um, we have awards uh, every year or whatever. Um, but we tend to be known for knowing, like talking about cereal and burgers and diet drinks. Um, so we kind of need to cover all, all these three bases um, in terms of specialties or stuff that you particularly like. Um, Obviously, this is all fitness based. Um, so, especially the cereal and burgers, diet soda is like yeah, cool. As you can see, both me and Dan, will, we always have. We not, As if we, we had the same one today. We had the same one. Right? <laughs> we normally we normally like coordinate and talk about it at the start of what we've gone for, and we put, go from for a sublime lime diet cokes. Um, Very nice, decent. Um, they're pretty good, aren't they? They're alright. They're quite. I quite like them. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, um, yeah. Chloe was sceptical, but she puts lime in fucking everything and she was like oh then I'm about the drink i was like what What are you on about my like, favorite i got it um, <laughs> i got this i got this imported
1: from the states the other day is the new flavor is this is my new favorite monster like it's like a tropical oh, yeah. flavor oh. like fiesta. like they like we cut over here we just get the basic flavors of monster but if you get the i mean that's the zero calorie stuff you know i don't go for the <laughs> sugar there's 70 grams of sugar bombs oh, you, yeah. i could not handle, so. <laughs> handle that i couldn't handle that i'd be i'd be sitting out like, shaking but um, <laughs> yeah they've just come out over here but uh yeah this is where we find out the real you i suppose if we really like you it's based on your burger choice (laughs) oh Uh, i like this i like this cereal we and of course with the burger you get a milkshake so that's kind of like an extra yeah yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: so so we got we got to see like so obviously in the states you have different guidelines on cereal and we will tend to like concur and say that cereal in the states way better than cereal in the UK. Yeah, you're allowed
1: to like put more sugar and you colors in it. You can put stuff.
0: anything you yeah. like in it. Um, oh my
2: god! You go down that aisle. There is some crazy <laughs> shit in the cereal aisle, man. It's, yeah. it's yeah. even since we were kids, it has progressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just get like we just get like this is really good
1: for you and high fiber wheat based cereal that's got no taste. Like, Great, thanks. Like, we want something like round full of chocolate. Incredible. So whenever we go, whenever I've ever been to states, I'm like, I just go from nuts of the cereal.
0: It's incredible. So if if you if you two are going to pick one. What are you oh. going to go for? Recommendation. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. There we yes. go. Cinnamon to toast, toast, toast Crunch. <laughs> because the milk
2: after, the milk after, you can just drink it. Oh, Cute. it's nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a big category. That's like uh, best like, leftover milk residue of mm. like of cereal is a big thing, right? Because uh, there was a point that I didn't really like it. There's certain cereals that are like, mm, I don't know. I, if it's chocolate actually, it cinnamon.
2: Yeah, I actually have a protein powder that is like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, and yeah. you put it if you put it in the almond milk like when you make a shake it tastes like the milk after like that's why oh, i yeah, buy it
1: i've got mine is literally called cinnamon cereal milk <laughs> oh the ghost yeah yeah they yeah they yeah. called it <laughs> I, uh, that's why i got it i was sat there like i do the same thing i'm like cinnamon toast crunch i'm like
3: this is gonna be incredible it's oh, <laughs>
2: <that's> amazing
3: <laughs> i was very it's impressive all, it's all about what it does to the milk after i was gonna say uh fruit whoops for the same reason fruit whoops the, the milk after fruit whoops was phenomenal that in the um it was a little chocolate. There little chocolate, uh, like, pellets. Cocoa uh, no, cocoa. cocoa pebbles. Cocoa Pebbles. That, cocoa Pebbles might be number two on my list.
0: You, you pick, like, three things that generally aren't sold over here. Yeah, yeah that's Those <laughs> great things are not sold. <laughs> you, can, you can buy them. Like, we have American candy stores on, like... Uh, like a little bit of an aisle, maybe in a Tesco or an Asda or something like that. Definitely not in Waitrose where me and Dan, but more like the American candy shops on like Oyster Street and stuff like that. That's, and they end up being like 10 quid a box. So yeah, that's just bonkers. It's not like worth it. Is it $13? And it's just like, yeah, is that really a box of cereal? That shouldn't be how much it is. Um, so you're going through that. All right. We're going to go, what would you get? Diet soda, diet drinks. We, we tend to go towards diet because we don't, drink full fat ones because we'd rather eat our burgers essentially so uh, i'm a during- diet
2: coke guy i have a bunch of diet coke like just uh, on the other like across <laughs> the room uh but uh, no lime i don't like things in it just the plain diet coke
0: oh really wow yeah they brought out all their peach one the strawberry one all yeah. that stuff i'm a kicker for that i think we like the slight yeah.
3: variations of um yeah I'm gonna go with Sprite. I, I actually am not a diet soda fan. I'm a regular. I go regular Sprite if I'm gonna do it. Regular Sprite. Wow. Yeah. I I, don't, I know. I feel like I can definitely taste the difference. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Just like. Yeah,
0: hundred percent you can. If I if I'm going out to a restaurant, I want to treat myself like a full fat, uh, a full sugar, dr <laughs> pepper. uh oh, right. it's just different, different class. I yeah. can't beat it. <laughs> all right and burgers bearing like bearing in mind we have had tony g and dr lisa lewis on previously mm. and they're both boston based correct I'm, I'm, i hope we were listening yes to yes, yes. <laughs> they, they had some they had some great ideas for their burgers I mean, so yeah tony g is pretty up there wasn't he he had a good yeah like, i think it's probably i actually want to try favorite. his i want to yeah. try his in terms of like the burger um but then also was it um who did it the lad who swam around the uk ross edgley Ross Sedgley, thank you. Um, he had a decent like the donut burger, right? That was. Ooh, I've yeah, had his, that. His his was the his was the
1: yeah the patty with the, the cheese and bacon with two Krispy Kremes. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely I mm-hmm. yeah. mean, you can have literally food. anything on your burger. Like you could have literally anything you want. Yeah. Like, this doesn't Are have to you be a real make, burger. Like, to
0: make a, I think Tony Jude went before, but yeah. What's your burger and shake combo if you could have so, it?
2: So there's this place in Boston called Boston Burger Company oh, so I was that has like 50, <laughs> 50 different burgers you can get. Um, and traditionally, if I go there, they have a couple that I like one that I'll typically always get. It's like, it's got like two toasted buns, then it's a double burger with cheese on each and bacon on each and avocado on each, um, in like on a big toasted bun, like bun. That's like a classic. Like that's what I would get. Like it got to add the fats between the bacon and the avocado and the cheese. (laughs) Like it really adds to the taste. They, and then they also have what they call the 420 burger. Uh, which has onion rings, mozzarella sticks, uh, cheese. Um, I think there's like, um, I'm not sure. There's a bunch of fried foods that top the burger, but that one, you gotta have to like, you gotta sleep for like a, the rest of the day after you eat it.
3: <laughs> so almost. like, you gotta kind of plan your day out. <laughs> I was going to say Boston Burger Company too. We'll have to, we'll have to bring you guys down to Boston Burger Company next time you're there. Um, so no. that's. And there's also a place called Tip-Tap Room. I don't, Kev, I don't know if you've been to Tip-Tap Room. By the garden there, yeah. In a garden, yeah, that has a really good burger. They have like a bison. Um, it's like bison and bacon and cheese and onion and all sorts of everything stacked on this oh, burger. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, Boston Burger Company is great because you can get the the shakes are amazing there too. It's and it's a one-stop shop. You get your burger, you get your shake. Decent Yes.
0: The one that we've been going back, I know mean, it's over in Bath, but they should do it more. Is, do you guys have the Lotus Biscuits? No. Oh,
1: wow. Ooh. So you see, like, they have, like, over here, they have, like, this, Um, it's kind of like, car- it's called Caramelized Biscuit. So it's just, like, Ooh. a really sweet, like, sugary, cinnamony biscuit. And they turned it into, like, a spread. And they do one where you have your burger with bacon, and then you have this Biscoff, like, spread in it. And it sounds Ooh. weird because it's kind of sweet and cinnamony, but it like it just works on the bacon and the beef, and there's no cheese in it, I don't think. Um, uh, but yeah, I think Tony G had a similar thing. He his was that. I think it was like some sort of cinnamon spread, um, and it, it really it really works. Like it's uh, so yeah. Good. I
0: think like maybe when we come back out, I'll bring bring some Biscoff spread out, that's and true. it's like yeah, it's so it's good. a whole I've sweet and
1: savory thing, it, it works. Just, you know? Yeah, it like, just
0: works so well, cutting yeah, through the bacon. That sounds great is yeah. absolutely decent You all see, right, with can't...
1: those sorts of burgers i always have like a, a quite a plain shake that you can't have like a really chocolatey shake with that it's too it's too much like you have to have a, a quite I, I prefer quite a simple one but
0: you know each to their own isn't it with that <laughs> each to their own all right um for any of our listeners where can they find you too? on social media we're going to share a bunch of our stuff anyway but
2: most of my training info would be on our our instagram it's at movement is medicine uh, yeah. Pretty much any of the educational stuff would go through there, and then um, at Certified FSC as far as our upcoming courses and educational opportunities and things like that.
3: Yeah, and mine's on my my personal account, so it's Dan McGinley six one seven, and uh, that's where you'll find me. Wonderful. Yeah, I think
0: we'll we'll share it out when it's out, and uh, yeah, I'm sure like. It's especially some of the advice and stuff. I think people are going to be looking to you guys. And so especially what we have as First Base, right, as probably one of the leading companies of, in, in uh, London, looking at how you guys do things and trying to implement it here. And it's definitely I feel like we've always said it in terms of S&C that like... I don't know, either the UK or like America think of an idea and then you guys do it and then we kind of mull over it about for about five, ten years until like, oh yeah, it's working over there and then we'll, we'll start doing it over here. So it, it feels like the stuff that you're already doing is trying to filter over here which is great. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having Absolutely. us. Absolutely, thanks yeah. for having us. Um, wonderful. Um, hopefully that we'll be out of quarantine soon. Um, yes,
3: hopefully end of the summer yeah. you guys will be back Me in Boston
0: yeah <laughs> we can pray yeah. um so yeah hopefully we'll be back in boston and maybe we can tag down little like uh we can bring isabel she is yeah, I,
1: I can fit in a suitcase i'm pretty small that's fine. <laughs> i
0: reckon get away I mean, with it you know isabel needs some training over there so i mean she's almost gonna be five years old soon so that's it mate if uh, any excuse
1: for a holiday you know after this mate i reckon there's no problem like just, <laughs> that's the other thing is i just feel like i want to get away now i'm like oh my god i'm ready for a holiday, straight away. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I, I could do with a break. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll say it's working. I'll leave them behind. I'll come out. We can have like a, a lad's oh, yeah. day, a lad's can, you know, holiday it's in America. Even better. We, if It's at
0: right? the gym, then it's a business expense. So, it's work. It's work. exactly. That's so, true. Uh, it's, that? it's, <laughs> it's taxable. All right, guys. Thanks for coming on and we'll catch you guys next week. All right. Thanks, thanks so much. Thank
3: you.